When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Gardening on C103 with Bandon Co-op Garden Centres in Bandon, Kinsale and Enniskeen. For top quality plants, advice and value, think Bandon Co-op Garden Centres. C103. And Peter Dowdell, the Irish gardener, joins me. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And I'm just going to say to people, stop calling, texting and WhatsApping because there's so many questions in. We have and a hope of getting through all of them. But let me start with some emails that came in with photographs during the week that we were able to send on to uh, Peter, starting with a hedge that our listener says looks diseased, not sure what to do with it. It's a patch of the hedge. The rest of it looks healthy. What is your advice? No, this is the grisset. Yeah, this is the Grisselinia hedge, um, Patricia, and it's obviously your listeners can't see it, but it's kind of got the patch of it has black stems, kind of withered and, and brown and uh, completely leafless in this area. Now, this is uh, it's a root rot called Phytophthora. So Phytophthora is quite a common fungal infection, unfortunately, in this part of the world. Uh, and the treatment is there's no there's no magic wand for it in that I can't tell you to go out and spray it with this and it'll it'll magically come back. It won't. Uh, the only thing we can do here is what we call cultural control. So uh, what that means is, again, a bit like I, I, as I often refer to when we get an infection, Trish, you need to remove as physically remove as much of the infection as possible, then treat the infection uh, and then feed with a tonic to, to build it up. So in this case, you need to remove. Uh, the the dead and dying grisselinia in this hedge, so get them out, roots and all, uh, remove as much of the disease material from the hedge and from the plants either side of it as possible, give them a good cut back. Um, don't put them in the compost heap, don't leave them in the garden, dump them off site somewhere. Um, uh, then treat the area with a solution of copper sulfate mixed with water uh, and treat it or feed it then with the, the nature safe Atlantic seaweed, which is probably the best kind of general purpose feed to get them up and going at the moment. The good news is that if you do that, you will hopefully stop it spreading and getting worse. Uh, but the bad news is if you don't, it'll probably just take out the whole hedge, I'm afraid. Um, the, the fungal spores of Phytophthora, they spread in, in, in kind of, they spread in the soil, in water molecules in the soil. They spread slowly from plant to plant. Or, I mean, we're all experts at disease control nowadays, obviously, for obvious reasons, nothing to do with the garden. But we have a lot to learn from nature in the garden too, of course. And it comes back to disease, cultural control, disease control. So in other words, if you moved that uh, 
infected soil or, or that infected material, if you moved it to another part of the garden, you're simply spreading the disease. Mm -hmm. So you do have to be careful that you, that you dump it properly and that you clean. So in other words, if you're cutting back the hedge there, make sure, make absolutely sure that you clean any cutting materials that are cutting um, tools or your, your shovels and spades, any digging tools, clean it after you've gone at it or you're only going to spread the disease to the next place you, you use a shovel, you know. You'll end up with a big gap though in the hedge. Can You, you can replant yeah. then. Yeah, unfortunately, you will end up with a gap. It's unavoidable. Um, you, you will, yeah. So, yes, you can replant. So I would take out the infected soil from that area, I realistically, to a depth of two or three feet, if you can, um, and probably remove the good plant, at least one plant on either side of the diseased uh, area. Again, take, it's quite a big job. And then put in fresh topsoil, and you could try to put in fresh crystallinia again. OK, but it is quite a big job, I'm afraid, yeah. OK, and someone else has sent in, this is Patricia, has sent in pictures of a red robin leaf looking for your advice. Last year we had the same problem, so we went to the trouble of taking every leaf off the plant and cutting it back in the hope that it would help. But alas, here we go again, same problem, picture attached and it, the leaves look quite infected with something. Now, just bear with me here, Trish, because I haven't seen that one. It's so the red robin question. It came in from do, do, Patricia. Do, do, do. Oh, I have it there. Yeah. Sorry, I do. I see it there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just bear with me. I'll have a look at it. Okay. So she's saying that the, the, the leaves are still as bad. Yeah. And they cut it. Yeah, but they're not that bad. It's, it's just a bit of a leaf spot. I wouldn't be too concerned about it. It's actually the same advice as what I gave on the Grisolinia one there. In, in that you need to do the same thing. So there's a bit of a red mottling on the leaf, uh, a red spot. It is a fungal spot again, but I wouldn't be overly concerned about it. It will weaken the plant slightly, but it's nothing like the problem we just had with the Vitophthora. Um, but again, a, a, a drench with a solution of copper sulfate and water and a, and a feed with the, the nature-safe uh, Atlantic seaweed, that should be enough to drive that on. You cut it back last year. It's good and strong this year. I think you'll be okay if you do those two things with it. It should be okay. Okay, here's an interesting question in from John. He's looking for your, what you think about most landscape operatives when they cut the grass, they remove the grass from the area and dump it. John says, surely the grass should be left behind to rot into the ground. I think it's a disgrace removing cut grass and then dumping it. It's great to see a nice, a nice clean job when the grass is removed, but I can see the difference in my own area. An area where cut grass is not removed, the grass is a lot better. It's richer looking and looks better on the eye. Uh, surely people, what I would propose John says people should do is cut the grass and leave it for a few days to rot back into the ground because it works as a fertiliser. Would Peter agree? I agree and I disagree. Like, <laughs> like a good feed of all TD. I agree and I disagree. <laughs> uh, I, I believe strongly and I feel quite strongly that we need to stop looking at organic matter like lawn clippings and, and hedge clippings and that. We need to stop looking at that as a waste product. It's not. That, that is the raw material for compost and for soil, which this planet so badly needs at the moment. So we need to stop looking at it uh, as a waste product and composted. So yes, I do agree that it shouldn't be dumped. Uh, and I also agree that if you can leave it on the grass to break down, then yes, that is the best thing to do. However... However, if the grass is longer than an inch or two, and you're, or sorry, if the mowings are, so you're, if it's any way damp and you're, you're cutting mowings that are an inch or two in length and leaving them on the ground, on the lawn, well then no, you're not doing the lawn any favours because you're creating 
damp a damp warm environment around the soil surface which is going to lead to to number one the weight of it is going to lead to the grass going yellow and growing horizontally instead of vertically but also you're leading to ideal conditions for the development of fungal problems at the soil surface and a build-up of thatch all these things that we don't want so you can get what's called a mulching mower trish which are lawnmowers that that if you can imagine your 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 your, your standard lawnmower that we all use cuts the grass once and collects it into a basket or a bucket or leaves it behind a mulching mower it, it the, the blade it, it would be hard to describe it without seeing it but basically instead of just cutting the grass once it cuts it about five times underneath the, the lawnmower so what it leaves behind is, is more or less dust you're not leaving inches of mowings it cuts it four or five times before it falls to the ground so it's literally dust so the long-winded answer to the question i think a mulching mower is probably the best course of action because you do, you're not creating a waste product you are putting dust nearly back on the soil so it does have time to compost in it's not going to affect the grass growth or not lead to a build-up of thatch so uh, a mulching more i think is the solution the and, and the right answer to all of that yeah. okay a number of people have the same type of question let me sum it up with alan in mayfield says i cut the grass uh, for the first time this year last weekend and there's a lot more ma- moss than on previous years what's the easiest solution to restore the lawn my lawn is not very big it's approximately three meters by four meters says alan and a number of other people then asking the same question saying for i don't know if it's just this year or what but a lot of other people are saying how do you get rid of moss on lawns seem to have way more than i had last year I, suspe- I, I suspect I suspect you may have more questions on it than previous years and people might be noticing it more than previous years that but that's be not it. because the moss is any worse it's because we're all at home more and we're <laughs> all looking at the garden more um so yeah uh so there's a, several ways to approach moss right now the, the traditional way of dealing with moss on your lawn was sulfate of iron and products which contained sulfate of iron because sulfate of iron will kill moss it'll turn it and you've seen it it turns moss that kind of red to black color so you've got dead moss in the lawn which needs to be raked out but the problem with using sulfate of iron as a moss control i don't recommend it and the reason i don't trish is because yes it'll kill the moss but it's actually making your soil more acidic which is the optimum ph for moss to come back to grow again right and that's the last thing you want what you want to be doing is Have we been left down by technology? Come in to us, Peter. Come in to us, Peter. No, will we, John Paul, will see if we can get um, Peter back to us or not because so many people seem to have this very same problem. The problem with the uh, with the moss and actually somebody else is wondering about uh, scarifying. So when I get Peter back on, I will get to that question as well as soon as we've organised uh, Peter back onto the line. Somebody said, hi, Patricia, this is uh, listening to Margaret, who was talking about the potholes in Enniskeen. I've emailed the roads senior engineer south and west Cork on surfaces of roads from Bantry into Cork and back again. February with potholes and surface wrecked in places in to Dunmanway and Drimma League, on to Bandon and then on into Cork. I was told we had bad weather which caused this and there was also an amount of pipe laying. I would have thought with less traffic on the road this would be a good time to try to repair road surfaces but there always seems to be some kind of an excuse that is from uh, Heidi. Okay, he's on line two. Okay, I've got to go to Peter back on the phone line. Sorry about that, Peter. No, he's not on line two. He is... Um, back, back over here. Sorry, back on the. Trish. Back, you're back with us. Sorry, thank you for that. Okay. Trish, I am back with yeah, you. Okay. Sorry, you're talking. You were talking about moss and how to get rid of moss. 
I was, and I, how much of it did you get? I was talking about the, traditionally we used uh, the sulfate of iron. That's it. But the problem with sulfate of iron is it makes the pH of the soil more acidic, which is ideal for the, the for, for moss to grow and come back. So we, what we want is to make the soil slightly alkaline. Um, so by making the soil more alkaline, you're creating optimum conditions for grass growth, but moss can't come back in that situation. So I would much rather do that than opposed to using a sulfate of iron product. Um, at this time of the year, here we are in the middle of March, end of March, if you scarify your lawn, which is really just a, like a big big mechanical rake, uh, where you're, you're ripping up the grass at the soil surface. So, you know, grass underneath the tires of lawnmowers and things, grass will begin to grow horizontally, okay? Where it should, of course, be growing vertically towards the sky. Uh, and thatch is a natural, like there's a buildup of dead and decaying organic matter at the soil surface. It's perfectly natural, but when it gets, when the buildup happens quicker than it can break down, that's when we get the problem so we need to rake that up with a scarifier the lawn will look desperate now after this i'm afraid before it looks better so scarify it then apply the, what i my go-to product for the lawn is lawn gold because it does it, it um it creates that slightly alkaline ph in the soil which moss can't grow in but it also gives a, a good nutrient uh, uh, injection if you like to the to the grass so it keeps good healthy grass and makes sure moss can't come back but if you do scarify it, it, it beforehand you you'll, you'll have an excellent job done stay on scarifying because a listener says what's the best way to treat a lawn after using the scarifier there's very little grass left actually it's nearly bare <laughs> is it too early to put grass seeds on it no, it's not too early with the middle or the end of March now at this stage. It's not too early, but there is one out there. It's another Irish one. It's um, Nature Safe, Nature Safe Lawn. I think it's called Lawn Feed and Seed. And I've used that before on patchy lawns. So now that you've scarified it and it's a bit patchy, get yourself a bag of the Nature Safe. It's it's, it's Feed and Seed. I'm fairly sure it's what it's called. And it is as it sounds. It, it feeds the existing grass, but there's also seed mixed in with it um, to, to fill in the gaps. So that's what I put on it. Hi, uh, Peter. This is from Tim listening to us in Limerick. My strawberries in pots have been eaten by a small white grub. How do I avoid it this year? Thanking you. Yes, that small white grub, uh, as you were reading out the question, I was I guessed what, what the problem was going to be because it's vine weevil and they, they can be a particular, particular problem with strawberries. They're rather partial to them, as, a, as am I, but I'm partial to the fruits of strawberries. The, the vine weevil grubs are partial to the roots of the strawberry plant. And it's very, it's one of these problems that you, you can't see the damage because it's all happening under the ground until it's too late when the when the rosette of leaves come, comes away in your hand and the plant is dead. Um, how It's in pots, so how you can avoid it happening this year, certainly get rid of any of the soil or compost that were in the pots from last year, clean it, make sure, because if you're just planting into the soil, the chances of the grubs being still there are quite high. So, um, remove that soil, start off with fresh soil, uh, there are chemicals out there to control vine weevil. I'm not going to even mention them by name because I really would urge people not to use them because these vine weevil killers contain a, a type of chemical called neonicotinoid, which, uh, as you're probably aware, Trish, are, are very bad press for, for... I'm not saying how accurate it is, but they do have very bad press for being responsible or partly responsible for the declining bee population. So mm. I certainly wouldn't recommend using any of those chemicals. There is, there are other uh, nematodes that you can get. I know nematodes are a type of biological control uh, where you introduce a, a parasitic nematode to feed on the, 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 the grubs of the vine weevil. Uh, and then when the vine weevils die off, the, there is nothing for the nematode to feed on, so they die off as well. So that biological control, a quick search online for a nematode for vine weevil would be the way I would, I would, the way I would advise going. 
Okay, Sarah says this is on her. She has a red robin with brown spots on the lower leaves. She sprayed it at this soil and at the base with the copper sulphate. She's wondering how often does she need to spray it? Just once. So copper sulphate is an organic uh, fungus, broad spectrum fungicide, if you like, Trish. But um, it's not something that you would be applying willy nilly or every week or every month. Once, maximum twice a year would be enough. So it's all about getting it at the right time. So when did she say she did it in the last week or two, was it? Yeah, just yeah, recently. Yeah, so that's that's kind of that's now is just the perfect time of the year. So if it's recently in the, within the last couple of weeks, that's fine. Okay. Because you're 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 putting it onto it now, just as it's coming into bud burst, just as the new growth is starting. So it's the right time to do it. Mike in Bantry says, "Hi, Peter. I've recently moved into a new house. Congratulations, Mike. And I want to make a rose bed. Could you give me some advice, please?" <laughs> Well, I'm not going to give you advice on which roses to grow because there are thousands, and I mean literally thousands available to all of us to buy tomorrow, Trish. So you really got to do your own homework on that in terms of which colour and that that you'd like. I would steer you, though, towards uh, a particular, it's like a group of roses, is the David Austin roses. David Austin is a nursery in the UK that have been breeding roses. He only died himself a couple of years ago. Um, But the David Austin rose nursery now their roses are available throughout ireland and throughout the world but the david austin roses are they're kind of the old english roses but with the with the the attributes of of modern hybridizing if you like so the disease resistance and things like that so look for david austin roses and after that you're on your own in terms of color and scent right but roses are hungry feeders so give them a really rich soil so uh you know a good fresh topsoil good like add as much organic matter to it as you can your own homemade compost or municipal green waste compost or any kind of good compost that you can get farmyard manure well rotted horse manure any well rotted manure dig it into the soil make it a really rich friable good texture soil Uh, plant your roses when you're planting your roses just have a look at the top of the pot just above the soil surface in the pot you'll see what's called the graft union now, without spending too much time on it, Trish, it's difficult to describe it. But when you see it, you kind of know you'll see it. So so ro- nearly all roses are grafted nowadays. And that graft union is important because the growth under that union is what we call sucker growth or rootstock growth. Whereas it's the growth over that union is, is the variety of roses that we're trying to grow. So you want to make sure you don't bury that union. That graft union should be just above the soil surface or an inch above the soil surface. And bear in mind going forward, any growth coming from below that you need to remove. It's the growth come above that you want. So don't bury the graft union, a good rich soil, and then feed them during the year. With the, I find the best rose food is a liquid one. Gouldings make it Gouldings liquid rose food uh, and use that a few times during the year because they are hungry. Um, the copper sulfate, again, my old go-to fungus, I use that at this time of the year just to prevent them getting black spot, mildew, things like that. Uh, again, just once a year, it's much better to prevent them getting it than it is to, to fix it when they do get it uh, and feed them. And and there isn't, they have bad press as being, as being high maintenance. They're not they're really, not, a couple yeah, of, you know, yeah. and they feed, feed them and prune them. Yeah, Stunning. and Can't beat roses in uh, the garden. Eileen says, when can alstroemeras and peonies be divided? if you haven't done it yet do it now do it like today not tomorrow because we're running out of time so your your time for dividing plants like that would be kind of i would say uh anytime really from the start of december to to middle of march so get out and do it now yeah is now the right time of year to set apple trees 
Yeah, well, you can plant apple trees or any tree at any time of the year because most plants nowadays are grown in pots. So planting them, it, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, the sooner you get into the ground, the sooner it'll get established before it starts growing. So yeah, put them on in now, yeah. Jim in Clonakilty, is, is it okay to cut back fuchsia hedges at this time? And he would be in Clonakilty with a fuchsia hedge, wouldn't he? Is now the right time yeah, to do it? Yeah, yeah. I'm jealous that Clonakilty is away from my 5Ks. Yeah, but anyway, it is mine um, as well. Y- yeah. So yeah, it is. You could do it now. You could do it now. New growth won't have started yet. So you can, and you can cut the fuchsia hedge back as hard as you want, and it'll come on again. So yeah, do it now. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's too late. It's too late, uh, Trish. Sorry. Horticulturally, it's okay to do it, but no, you can't. It's because it's we're the Wildlife Act. You can't do it now at this time of the year. I'm afraid we should have done it before the start of March. Yeah, I was just about to say. Are we? Are we not just gone outside of the yeah. time for that? Okay. Are you live on Facebook on Friday? Live on Facebook on Friday and okay. urging people to, to, to remember this Friday that it's it's Daffodil Day. So obviously they have challenges with fundraising like everybody this year. So let's not forget the, the Cancer Society. It's such a, a worthwhile cause this Friday. So we'll be, doing, we'll be painting Facebook yellow this Friday well on the done. Irish Garden. Well done. And we've been saying it all week. You can donate online www.cancer.ie. Peter, have a great week. We'll talk next Wednesday. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for that. Bye bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.